This episode of the broadcast is brought to you by a disclaimer. The thoughts and views of the people in this podcast do not represent the opinions or beliefs of 91BTV as a whole. We are not affiliated with any political party or belief and do not promote ourselves to be. We understand this is a difficult time and topic for all of us, but we think it's best to share this. For more information, email us at itscoronatime at 91BTV.com. Hello, people of the world and podcast fam. My name is Kevin Jackson, and welcome to this magnificent episode of It's Corona Time. It's a little bit different setup we got here, and that's because I like to travel. And I'm on vacation right now at my friend's house, and uh, I just have him introduce himself and him talk about um, why he should be speaking today. <laughs> well, um, my name is Rylan Hinkle, and... Um... Uh, I guess I've known I've known Kevin for about four and a half years now, and he finally decided to come visit me up in Washington State. So yes, I thought this was the perfect time doing coronavirus season to leave my house. Yes, um, definitely um, a dumb decision, um, first of all. But um, I'm glad that I come to visit him because this was, I believe, one of the last time that he's going to be here. With you know, we're not really like sure of everything that's going on right now. You know, this is a a changing time, you know, just like the clouds out back here. The clouds are moving so fast and everything is just, you know, uh, there's a transition period. So um, he's graduating in spring. I'm going to be graduating in fall 2021. Um, so I was like, okay, I want to visit him and I want to visit some other people um, before, like, they're not, you know, settled down anymore. So I'm like, okay, let's come to him. So I'm, I'm happy for his hospitality. Um, I'm happy that he was available. Um, we did some cool things while I was out here. Um, it's definitely different weather out here for sure. I mean, the first few days, it was a little bit smoky. Um, that I actually couldn't tell. I was like, is this the clouds? Is, is this fog? Y'all got, you know, fog out here. But now I'm actually seeing the bay, the, the, the islands, the ocean out here. And I wasn't seeing that the first few days. I was just seeing just 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 smoke, and you know, he was like when we were driving here, he was like, uh, uh, "There's usually mountains on all sides," and I was like, "Nah, I I I don't see it. I don't see it." So we're in Bellingham, uh, like thirty minutes away from Canada, about like, yep, something about like that. Minutes. So it's definitely you know cool to be somewhere different for a change. You know, it reminds me a little bit of like New Jersey when I went like two years back. Of just like the woods being like right there, it's it's not city life. It's definitely not that. So it, it's it's a weird transition, but um, I'm definitely I'm definitely happy to be here and happy to get out my side of my house. You know, I I took every precaution necessary to do you know to to stay safe and to make sure that others around me like I was you know I was wearing a mask for like half of the time I was here. You know, I wasn't trying to get nobody infected um, if I had anything. But yeah. Um, so what is it? I just want to ask you, you know, discuss a few topics today. Um, but really, like, what is it like living in Washington and, and the transition, like, to come to Cal for, like, you know, California for school? Um, the, well, living in Washington is, um, it's all about doing outdoor stuff, hiking, skiing, mm-hmm. kayaking, running. Everyone is, you know, really cautious about what they eat you know, how they treat their body and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, in California, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit different. It's mm-hmm. uh, not not to diss on California, but <laughs> it's more like, you know, like, what, what are you wearing? Like, what are you driving? <laughs> but it, 
it's sort of like that Hollywood feel that mm-hmm. is very, very different than yeah. at least Northwest Washington. So mm-hmm. yeah, the Pacific Northwest is is, is mm-hmm. a little bit different out here. You know, I was like, okay, I'm comfortable where I live, and then coming here is like it's it's a little bit of a change. But like, y'all are a lot more liberal here too. Like, yeah, you were telling me, I was just like, nah, you know, I think California is like pretty much, we got protests, like we got people on Twitter always talking about things, but Twitter technically is the microcosm of like literally everything. But I'm like, I see it a lot here. Like, you know, I was swiping through Tinder profiles. I was, you know, I was going through the, the, when you're going through the different neighborhoods and seeing Black Lives Matter signs with no black people around. I was like, what? Okay, this is crazy. I never thought I would see this. <laughs> I spotted one and two black people when we were outside. <laughs> and I didn't see nobody else. And I was like, y'all still supporting us, rocking with us without anything. So I was like, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I guess it's more of a facade over here. I mean, over there, you know, in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, more about styles, you know, more about which, yeah, that stuff. I didn't really realize that, you know. Seeing, like a, seeing somebody like that's outside, you know. Their perspective is just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. What what else? What else is like is different? Or like what else is? Um. So I don't know what what people do for fun. Obviously, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. So so California, right? Mm-hmm. You go to the club for fun. Well, <laughs> there there's maybe one club here, so <laughs> that that gets old pretty quick. So. <laughs> you see the same people every day. Trying to day. do so find other you know creative ideas of mm-hmm. things to do so. well i mean seattle is like two hours away right yeah. so like mm-hmm. that's a that's like the big city life over there mm-hmm. so like what it what i'm trying to say is if i could you know articulate my words properly is what is the reason to go to seattle and what do you like and why do you go um well if you're a tourist i mm-hmm. think the coolest thing to see is pike place market just mm-hmm. because it's you know you have all these street vendors there's music musicians there mm-hmm. um you see people throw fish that's pretty cool um and just like a whole bunch of just like homemade stuff and, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to you know see this you know it's not completely not like commercialized so you know you're you're buying something that you know someone probably made in their house or something mm-hmm. and and it feels good, you know, knowing you're supporting those types of products and like actual local business. Most and definitely. also plus the the first Starbucks is there, which is also cool. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so many companies that like so many headquarters of companies are like around here too. We got like, you know, Starbucks, you got Amazon, you got, you know, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's probably many more, but like they're all headquartered like near, I mean, in Washington, but like near Seattle. Mm-hmm. So um, but before we get to that, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about the weather here. So mm-hmm. like, so like I said, it was a little bit smoky and then it cleared up for like the past few days. It was just like sunshiny weather. I could see all around, you know, the temperature wasn't that, you know, wasn't that hot. I was like, this is nice. You know, it wasn't cold. It wasn't hot. And then today, you know, it started getting cloudy again. And, uh, I'm kind of scared cause I leave it tomorrow. So I'm like, am I going to be in the rain? Like nobody's here everybody's just like walking like it's fine i'm like no this is it doesn't rain like this over over there it's in like the 80s 90s you know temperature like sunshine every single day of the year mm-hmm. so how was that adjusting to that um well when i first went it's funny so when you live here mm-hmm. everyone wants to go to vacation somewhere hot and then if you move somewhere hot 
and then you realize that the hot is not that great <laughs> and then you want the cold back and the hot is good in nice little doses i think um so i mean the the first time like it rained in california i think it'd been like three months but i, I was pretty excited mm. that uh, you know there was some water <laughs> the water was falling on the sky what's going on uh, yeah and i was like this is this is my natural thing and then at least like I remember uh, I was driving to a soccer game with my soccer teammates and one of them was, they were driving my car and they told me like, I I'm not comfortable driving in the rain. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I spent probably more time driving in the rain than driving not in the rain. So I was like, it's, you know. It's, a it's, it's definitely yeah. a different state. Yeah, I don't like driving in the way too, because I mean, I'm not comfortable in my car because it's, you know, so old. Maybe it was like a new car. I'm like, okay, yeah, this ain't going hydroplane. Like, it's, you know, it's stable. But uh, it, it, like my older car, I'm like, nah, I can't even see out there. I need to replace the windshields and everything. So that's why, you know. Especially if it's raining hard, I'm like, I can't see. And then this fog, I'm like, I gotta turn on the defroster and all this stuff. But yeah. You were telling me uh, earlier when I came here about y'all lo love-hate relationship with billionaires. Because if see, I, we were looking up facts when we were here, you know, we, we were at the dinner table with his mom and we were talking about all the latest news. And one of the things that came up was uh, was that we researched and saw that Seattle is the most liberal city in America. And I was like, what the heck? I thought it was some city in California. I, see, the thing about the Pacific was not... Well, I thought it was yeah. Portland. Oh, you thought it was yeah. Portland? <laughs> to me, I'm like, anywhere that there's white people is going to be conservative. That's just how <laughs> I was raised, unfortunately. I didn't really know. I mean, I, I knew like the big cities were, but I just didn't know it was as liberal as... I mean, even more liberal. Because I mean, that's just like how my family was raised, but... Like, why was y'all relationships with them? I like because I feel like y'all just would would hate them because you know they, the, you know the, they're the they're the opposite of what of what people stand for. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, people people of Seattle definitely uh, Amazon is not their their favorite because uh, you know they offered a lot of high paying jobs and there's only a limited amount of space in the city, mm -hmm. so those people with the high paying jobs bought the houses and um you know and then the people that couldn't you know pay the same rate can't mm -hmm. live there anymore so um it's a it's a complicated issue yeah housing crisis i mean that's happening in a lot of other big cities too like you know san francisco i mean obviously los angeles um you know denver's becoming more like that too with a lot of tech mm -hmm. companies moving there austin texas as well because mm -hmm. i know south by southwest was held there a couple of years i mean well, I mean, it's still being held there, but I mean, it was being held there for like a few years now. Um, so like a lot of tech, a lot of tech companies are going to those regions and like driving up the prices of housing. I mean, even in Oakland, you know, things are happening in the Bay Area, which is crazy, you know, for people that live there, you know, forcing them out. And uh, I mean, besides tech companies, you also have that happening in Inglewood with like the stadium that's being built for um, the football teams. I mean, that's almost done. And that's really driving up the prices of the people that live in that surrounding communities. And I'm like, that's, it's tough. It's tough. It's like, how do you balance? I mean, it's, I mean, most of it is money, of course, you know, big businesses, they want, they, you know, they, they want to succeed, but it's like, how can you, how can you have that happen? But also at the same time, benefit, you know, benefit the people that live there, you know, with, uh, 
you know, with more money flowing to the communities, you know, maybe more money for um, education for the districts, maybe more money to improve the worlds, things like that. I mean, it's a complicated conversation, but that's something that like we got to think about as well um, with, you know, a lot of companies and a lot of manufacturing moving into like a certain sector um, or it's been certain community. Um, but getting back to what I was talking about, there's just a lot of differences between Washington and here. And I've learned a lot being here for this past week. And uh, I'm definitely going to go home changed and uh, <laughs> rethink my mindset about the people that live here and, and rethink about the community. Because I was always like, when I was younger, I, you know, I like worship Microsoft. I was like, yo, I love this company. Bill Gates is doing great things, you know, this is definitely good. But then I'm like, like, and I was like, maybe I would, you know, want to move here, you know. But I was like, I can't do the, the, the rain, like raining all the time. That's definitely not me. But at least like getting a firsthand experience of it, like I can contemplate and be like, okay, you know, I know what it's about. Is it, 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 you know, I, I don't know if the hire me for a job or anything like that any one of these tech companies that I hear but it's just something to just like think about and like reflect upon now that I'm back um but yeah man over we've known each other for like four and a half years I met you one day randomly at orientation and then I basically moved into his dorm even though I didn't even live there some good times <laughs> even the sweets but one of my favorite videos from the sweets I don't know if you remember this was like Damn it, I wish I showed you earlier. But, like, it was basically when Antoine was, like, wearing, like, sunglasses. <laughs> and then you guys were, like, flipping, like, pancakes or something, like, on the van. <laughs> At that video today, I was like, that, that video cracks me up every time. I was just like, man, it was some good times <laughs> back then. It came a long way and changed along the way, too. I was like, damn, that's, that's, that's real. Um, but now, like, you're about to graduate in spring. You're about to head off to graduate school. Hopefully, yep. Hopefully, mm-hmm. yes, you will. <laughs> I mean, you got to have the mentality like, okay, we're going to get in to something that I want, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, like, okay. So first talk about a little bit about, like, the internship process for you because there's a lot of people that, like, are, that are not only ECE majors, electrical computer engineering majors, but people that are, like, engineers that want to get an internship. And what was your pathway or, like, how did like how did you achieve, like, your internships because you had an internship like almost every summer except for one of the summers but almost every summer how how was it like applying or like getting in contact with the right people to to get that so my my first internship i was just a little bit lucky um i i knew a guy that knew a guy that mm, networking um, yeah. uh, he owned some some power plants and um i got an interview with him and he found out I went to Cal Poly and he's like, ah, oh, I love Cal Poly. <laughs> you know, he had a, he's hired right there. And, you know, little did I know though, like I was doing maybe engineering a quarter of the time and like manual labor, the other three quarters of the time. But I mean, it, at least it was something for my resume and mm-hmm. it paid pretty well too. So I wasn't, I wasn't complaining, you know, at least I had some experience. And then the next year, um, I, I just sent out an email and um, to, to Cornell and um, my resume saying what I wanted to do. Um, I had a friend that worked there um, last, the previous summer. So he, he told me who to, who to talk to, like who, who, who to push to, mm-hmm. to, try to try to get that position. And sure enough, um, I got it and I ended up um, 
I ended up moving to New York for a summer, and mm-hmm. that that was a it was a really interesting experience <laughs> for sure. And I I learned a lot. That was the that was the big internship where you know like it really opened my eyes. I got to work with you know some more experienced electrical engineers that were help you know give me some advice that I think put me on the right path. And then the next summer I ended up getting an internship in Northrop and. You know, that's a, it's a huge company where they're doing some pretty revolutionary stuff. Yeah, that's it. And uh, it, was, it was really, really interesting and mm-hmm. really, really fun to work there. Most definitely. Focusing back on like the first one at Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you knew a guy, knew a guy, knew a guy. And like, because I never knew that like colleges, they even did that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Cornell's an Ivy, right? It is an Ivy League, yeah. Okay. Oh, so they, they probably do like something like research and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was so my friend beforehand, he was a he was a software guy and he actually he was there that summer and then he left the next summer. And um uh it's was their lab ornithology. So, you know, bird noises and stuff like that. Yep, I know nothing <laughs> about that. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Everyone in that lab knows a lot about it. <laughs> Everyone has a favorite bird, and I'm like, I don't know what my favorite bird is. Like, <laughs> uh, 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 pigeon? <laughs> yeah. You did get chased by a goose over there. That was sort of frightening, but those guys are pretty vicious. <laughs> um, yeah, but... Uh, so, yeah. So, I was, in the, I was in the lab of ornithology working with other engineers, and I did a lot of firmware stuff, and... Mm played around with microcontrollers and made pcbs and mm. it was a cool experience yeah damn you did the whole you did the whole computer route yep so that uh-huh. kind of was like was that was that like a motivator for you to choose that as more of your focus in electrical or was it just that um it was a combination of really not liking um you know like the semiconductor classes mm. uh and then yeah, I, I liked what I was doing there. So that, mm-hmm. that was pretty influential. And then also just hating power too. So I was like, okay, what's left? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what can I choose from? Out of my handful yeah. of cards that I have here, mm-hmm. uh, what can I do? I mean, I don't actually know ex- exactly what you know I would do yet. I mean, I haven't got an internship, so I don't know what... My focus would be, I mean, I've done a bunch of things, you know. Mm-hmm. I've taken a bunch of computer classes. I mean, I like them, learning about operating systems, learning about, like, uh, you know, microprocessors, microcontrollers. That stuff is pretty dope. I've taken the semiconductor classes. Um, most of it I like, mm-hmm. except for actually computing them, <laughs> you know, uh, calculating the math and doing the computational work. I'm like, okay, these uh, these diodes, I, I don't know, you know. And so, I, like, I feel like, once I'm able to get an internship, um, you know, I'm able to say, okay, I like this part, I like this part, I get, you know, hands-on experience in the field, and I'm like, I get to identify what, you know, I probably like. Mm-hmm. But um, for your job at Northrop, uh, there was a career fair, right? Mm-hmm. So how, like, how, like, what advice can you give to people about, like, you know, being presentable? or? Well, I think... Um... You know, like most people in college, like everyone understands that interns are not, you know, like they're not doing much for the company. They're an investment, you know, mm-hmm. you know, where they start learning now and then down the road in a couple of years, if they get hired, you know, they're going to start producing valuable stuff for the company. True. Yeah. So um, 
it's I think it's a question of how long are you going to be in that sort of unproductive stage if they hire you? Like, what's how fast do you pick stuff up? Mm-hmm. So I think a uh, really important thing to show to um, to the recruiter is that you you know you're a quick learner and not only do you you don't need someone to teach you stuff you can figure stuff out on your own by reading documentation you know just googling stuff mm-hmm. and um so i think illustrating projects and skills where you had to figure stuff out on your own is what recruiters are looking for mm, definitely that's pretty good mm-hmm. that's pretty good definitely gonna take some of that advice for myself <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. So with those internships, you decided, and your focus in hand, you decided to apply for grad school. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, I've always, even in like high school. I mean, I thought I wanted to get. I thought in high school I wanted to go get a PhD, and hmm. whatever I do. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know if I want to spend that much time <laughs> in school. But uh, you know, like. I feel like undergraduate is just gives you the basics of a lot of different subjects. And then in graduate school, you get to choose what you like and then really hone in on your skills. And then once you have those school skills, you can start doing some really cool stuff wherever mm-hmm. you work once you've mastered your trade. So most definitely. And you're looking at a bunch of schools right now, mm-hmm. you know, that you're interested in mm-hmm. out of the, like, like, what is your, I- now I'm talking about, like, ideal school, because mm-hmm. you're trying to get into every single one of them, mm-hmm. you know, you you want to be able to choose where you go, you don't want them mm-hmm. choosing where you go, but um, in terms of, like, place to, like, settle down and work, where do you feel like that's ideal? Like, would you be working at the same time as school, or would you just be no, doing No, uh, okay. I want to focus 100% on school, and then, I mean, I've I've done the I've done the math and <laughs> financially it's gonna be a, a hit, but <laughs> you know after you know ten years or something I, I should come out ahead. So and I think it's the experience will be a lot better if I just focus on school. Mm-hmm. And from what I've heard from coworkers that have done both at the same time that they were just miserable for the three years that they were in grad school and working at the same time wow. and both. You know, their work suffers and their school work suffers just because yeah, you're multitasking, you don't have yeah. enough. There's not enough time in the day. So focus on both. Oh, I just that's the first time I actually like heard about that. You know, there's a lot of people that say, yeah, if you could do both, we can multitask. Like, I mean, my mom, it's different. But like, you know, like I, you know, worked in school at the same like undergrad. You know, my mom did her associate's degree at you know, the same time and worked two jobs. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like it could be done. It's, but like, I guess graduate school, there's more time to it, too. But, like, sometimes they offer night classes or weekend classes so mm-hmm. it can, like, you know, be in your... Because uh, a lot of, you know, grad programs knows that, you know, people are working at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be a little bit easier mm-hmm. with doing both. And there, there's definitely programs, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's online programs where, you know, it's just a lot more convenient that, you know, after you finish your day at work, you just pull mm-hmm. up your laptop right there in yeah. the conference room and then listen Some to your class. the same thing. But if... I think you're you're missing out if you're not on the campus actually in the lab doing work. Mm-hmm. So I just think the, the quality of education is just not quite the same. That's true. That's true. That's true. Where what place so what place do you feel like you would end up in like five years or so? Like what what's like some of the like places you would like wanna work or you wanna stay? <laughs> Honestly it's a it's a I mean, I really enjoy Northrop and mm-hmm. uh, if it pans out that way, I'd be very happy staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I mean, the, the thing about engineering is that it's not about, I don't think it's not about the, what I'm building. It's about the problems. And as long as the, wherever I'm working has interesting problems, like I'll be happy. So. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's, that's powerful. That, that's spoken like a true engineer. This man was telling me about things that he was doing when he was little. And I was like, I did not do any of those things. I was just breaking them. I did not fix anything, put things together. That was not me. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to fix things, you know, and, you know, solve problems. But back then I was just like, I'm just a kid. I got to figure things out. So it was like, they started you while you were young, you know, <laughs> especially here in the education system. Like you were talking about like the, the math class that you were in, that you like, that they taught you skills that you kept all the way up to like calculus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's definitely different in California. Out here we have too many kids in overpopulated schools. Mm-hmm. Instead of a, a class size of 200, it's a class size of 800 mm-hmm. in my high school. And it's just, it's tough to, to focus on the, the, you know, the single kid or the single individual when there's so many others going on. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely you know, a great thing about this state too. All right, so there was one last topic that I wanted to talk about before that we finish off this episode for today. And it was just about what's going on with the Supreme Court, um, you know, nominations and things like that. Unfortunately, last week we had a death um, with a Supreme Court justice, um, RBG, and, uh, you know, she was a liberal um, justice. So that leaves three left. And and right now there's actually... a. uh, so it's going to be three, there's three uh, liberals and then there's uh, five um, conservatives, if you count John Roberts, um, Chief Justice, as one. Um, so right now, um, the the Republicans in the Senate want to nominate, well, Trump wants to nominate somebody to the Supreme Court at the moment. And the Senate, the Senate which controls, sorry, the Republicans that control the Senate, they want to go along with the nomination. But technically... It's, it's, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with it legally, but, you know, four years ago in 2016, when Obama wanted to nominate, uh, uh, someone to the Supreme Court after the, after Anthony Scalia died, the Republican Senate at the time said, no, 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 no. There's no need to nominate anybody doing an election yet. So yeah, like I was saying that it, this doesn't make the court, um, moderate anymore. There's, uh, going to be three, there's six to three. Um, so I just wanted to get like your opinion on that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think is going on? Do you think, yeah, just what do you think is going on really? Well, I think the, the best thing for the country is, um, communication. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you have, uh, an imbalance, then whoever is in power is just going to shant, you know, shove whatever policy they come up down the other, other side's throat. And, I mean, there, there's a reason why there's the checks and balances, so mm-hmm. that, that shouldn't happen. And, um, and I think, um, you know, if, I think it, does, it would be, like Kevin was saying, that it's ideal that if you have a balance on the court, mm-hmm. it will help. I think it will create the best policy um, possible, which will help the country the most down the long run. So, yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. Even if it's like, even if you most of the conservative justices weigh mm-hmm. on it, or like if the most of the liberals weigh on it, like I, I, it doesn't matter as long as they're like at least some look or some feel of you know moderate or equality, you know, on the Supreme Court, it's much better. That, you know, for me, you know, as a you know American person, as the American people, um, 
But like, I just feel like it's also bad that the Supreme Court, that like every law gets passed to the Supreme Court and everything goes to them and that they have so much power as well. You know, it never used to really be like that. You know, it used to be Congress would decide the legislation and whatever passed, you know, technically goes, you know, they're, they're the ones able to make it. If they want to change something, they can change something. But there's a lot of cultural topics um, like abortion, gay right, I mean, sorry, uh, gay marriage, um, things like uh, like things like that are being passed to the to the Supreme Court to be like, okay, this is okay, this is not okay, this is unconstitutional, this is not un- un- unconstitutional. When it should be Congress's job to write the bills so the constitutional all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just what I feel. I personally feel that the Republicans were right in the first place in 2016 to say that. I don't think they should nominate a justice in a, you know, um, in an election year mm-hmm. um, because uh, there's just a lot of elections happening. There is, you know, mm-hmm. Senate, uh, one third of the Senate elections happening. There's all of the House of Representatives and there's the president. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would be doing the American people disjustice to nominate somebody um, based on the prior, you know, Congress. You know, not 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 the Congress that is coming forth. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's 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 not up to date on the ideals. It's not up to date on the values that people support, um, and that the way and the way that the country is swinging mm-hmm. more politically, and it even sucks more at the the at the literally all of America is so like partisan right now, so polarized. You know, with everybody trying to get you know focusing more on Donald Trump getting out than the actual policies or values mm-hmm. that would be best for all of us. Mm-hmm. So. It's definitely terrible. Um, but the Republicans in the Senate are going to push them through anyway, you know, whoever it is. So we're just going to have to deal with it. Um, but I really hope that um, uh, that the person that they nominate is, is you know, is, is good. You know, a good pick in terms of, like, they stand by their values um, and they're seen as a good moral person. I mean, that's all you can really ask for out of, the, out of their pick. Um, but thank you for joining us today on It's Corona Time. If you would like some more episodes, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any one of those podcast platforms. Um, we got a list of uh, 10 other episodes you can go out and listen to. All right. See y'all next time.